Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. Percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Buy yours at Beer on the Wall, Arlington Heights, Woodman's in Bloomingdale, Kenwood Liquors in Homer Glen, and more to come. Must be 21. Please drink responsibly. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing ass says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Okay, before we get to anything, I just want to say yes, yes to everything that Richard Chu said. Yes, I get it. We don't all get what we want. Uh, but it, it is the it's not it's not even the lesser of two evils. If that's the way you have to conceptualize it. OK, but it is voting to live to fight another day, meaning fight for all the things you believe in, all the things that are important to you, whether it's acceptance and expanding health care or protecting women's autonomy or uh, ex- enhancing education, and protecting public education, all, all the things, all the things are in are in one column. You have the ability to fight for those things. Those are the things that Democrats fight for, for labor rights, for uh, for making sure that we have we have a living wage, that we have workers. Right. All the things, all the things are in, col- in, in the Biden Democratic po- uh, column right there. OK. And the Democrats column. Uh, d- d- what? Tell me what. Tell me what's in the in the other column. Not Democrats. That's all they have. And he has told us Trump has told us. That he, you know, he's he's not going to be a dictator except for day one. But guess what? If you're going to be a dictator on day one, guess what you decide you're going to say that day? Eh, it's, I'm establishing this as a dictatorship from now on. That's that's what you do on day one. Okay, so anyway, uh, I know the phone lines are open, but I want to take a moment. Uh, let's see. I'm going to wait till they are uh, on hold. Let me see if I can find something. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's see if this is. I'm trying to find something. To start the show with, maybe this is it. I think. Let's see. No, that's not it. Trying to find. I didn't have enough time to do this. I was trying to find something. Uh, no, no. Hmm. Ah, all right, fine. This is with orchestral music, and then a, maybe applause. How about a big thing of applause? Uh, applause as I search with you. All right, let's do that. Hmm. All right, let's. I can't hear you yet. Let's get it. There's never been a... Let's hear it. Nope. Let's see. What do we got to do? I got you here. What about maybe this button? Let me see. Can you hear me yeah. now? <laughs> yeah! I miss you! I miss everyone! Miss work! This is the best holiday gift I've had in years. 
seeing yes. you, having you back. By, and and, I, and a thank you so much to all of your fill-in hosts. Yeah. Thank you so much to Andy, to Paul, yes. to Alejandro. Thank you, thank you all. Um, and, I, and, and it was so sad because they all knew they were just keeping your seat warm. Yes. Thank I you. I appreciate them. And, and they've been so great. And I love them and I miss them. And they know they're my brothers. They're more than just my co-workers. Aww. They're my family. They're my brothers. You're our and family. And I love them so much. Much and I miss them and I appreciate them and they would text me and they would tell me oh they uh, uh, Debbie from Old Town said hi yes Judy you too you would everybody tell me. big everybody was saying hi Jim was saying hi everyone everyone sends their love we get texts from everyone all over the country wishing you the very best oh, Lady B she's back you guys she's yes. back. we're getting the band back together yes <laughs> yeah. I want to. I do want to apologize. I'm trying to get the Facebook up, so I'm okay. sorry if it's not okay. up. All right, do, do you? Uh, but I want to keep talking to you. All right, we can take it. We can take a break. Here, so you know the, I miss. I've missed you so much. I want to find out how you're doing, and then I feel bad because I have to be like, oh, we're opening up the phone lines. So we st- will you hear? I think I know you've listened. We do a new segment called First Timer Friday, and it's all people who've never called the show before for whatever reason, and we give away gift cards. So we're going to do that at five thirty. So we got a little bit of time, and we're going to open up the phone lines for First Timer Friday for some great gifts. Uh, but the biggest gift of all is having Lady B back. Lady Lady B is in the house. Do da, do da. All right, she's gonna put the the calls on hold so that uh, you put up the Facebook feed. All right, fine. Yeah, because uh, yeah. people did not see me dance, and uh, I'll do it again. I promise. We'll, we'll be dancing. You should be dancing at home. Yes. Lady B yes. is back and uh, and continuing to mend and uh, a long road. I know, and you are so incredibly strong and courageous and beautiful, and uh, we're, you radiate. It's, it's so you, good to say. I can tell how happy you are to be back. Yes, we're having it, a happier. It, it's a it's a long slog. Leave me. It was, but yes. I, I, I take it day by day. I'm taking it easy, like my doctors, my kids. Yep. Everyone's telling me sit down, and 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 this time around, uh, this this third surgery, it's it. It's much better. I'm feeling oh much better. I'm so glad. And, and I feel great. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. It's really, it's, uh, <sighs> we'll yes. talk more about your mending. <laughs> do you want me to take a break here? So you, you do that and I'll, I'll take a break and then we'll do a long, one long segment after that and continue to catch up and take calls and do all the things. So let's take a, a, a quick yes. break. And uh, again, so thrilled to have Lady B back. In the producer, I tell I was like, come in the studio with me. But we have in the studio a, a tremendously heavy door, which I struggled with when I had my surgery earlier this year. Uh, and I don't, yeah, it's. I always feel bad because when guests come in, they think that they've been locked in. They try to find the lock on it. It's just really heavy for soundproofing. Lady B is back. So when uh, when you call in, you'll hear her beautiful voice. And uh, I hope you don't have to go anywhere anytime soon. Otherwise, I'm coming to your house and doing your show from your living room. That's what we're going to, that's the next step. I mean, I love, the, like I said, I love the producer. I just, I miss you. We're a team, baby. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. We have our show, of course, sponsored by Monaco Brewing Company. Go to the Monaco Brewing Facebook page and follow all of Kirk Bankshead's adventures, both legal and f- his fight for liberty and justice and truth. Uh, go to Monaco Brewing Company and find out how you can pick up one of their great T-shirts or a, you know maybe a, a six-pack of Kamala, Kamala Stout. Uh, maybe send out uh, a, some choice wine. They now ship to a uh, states across the country so go to his website and find out how you can mail 
Menaco Brewing Company as a gift for the holiday season. And go to the Patty Vasquez Show page. They're pinned at the top. You can find out where you can pick up a progressive brew somewhere in the Chicagoland area. We also want to thank our friend Warren Price at European U.S. Collision Center over at 4080 North Broadway. Go to EuropeanUS.com. If you have any auto uh, needs, he can point you in the right direction if he can't, but he does such incredible body work, mechanical work, and again, that's 4080 North Broadway. And we want to thank our friends. Uh, you heard Senator Dankatowski filling in for me on Wednesday, doing a great job, as did Ke- uh, Megan Kelly and Dan Schaefer yesterday filling in from the Palatini. Our friends at Kids Above All right now are raising money and collecting toys to make sure that kids that have survived trauma and are living in foster homes, foster care, or receive the incredible services of Kids Above All have some magic at this Christmas time, as all children deserve. Go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can help them this time of year and throughout the year. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. My friend Marty, he wants to split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. I can see his point, though I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange, nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His Royal Orange Highness, he does love to divide us. We gotta stick together and vote blue. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. I do my level best, yes, it's true. But when I'm voting in November, I promise to remember it's us against him. Gotta vote blue. Don't think I'm a hater, I love Ralph Nader. I don't blame him for the mess in Y2K. With those who represent us, I'm playing the percentages, voting blue down the ticket all the way. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. And I drive a freaking Prius, yes, it's true. And it's blue. But when I'm voting this election, the best eco-protection is to kick the orange out. Gotta vote blue. Throw all this crazy math at me But I'm tired of the whole world Having a good laugh at me <laughs> When I recycle I'm green, green as green can be And in the primary I voted for Bernie too Twice, but we need some peace and harmony So I'm voting for our nominee And if you need to hold your nose Just do, that's cool I'll even hold your nose for you Just vote blue, vote blue Vote blue, vote blue Blue. That's right. Steve Goody, uh, the uh, musician and songwriter who does much of the music here for Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. You can go to stevegoody.com. That's G-O-O-D-I-E. And uh, you can download some of his music, purchase his album, what I did during my pandemic vacation, amongst other recordings. You can also find him on YouTube. And every single Monday, we do the virtual comedy show, virtualcomedyshow.com. It's free. 
we encourage you to uh, maybe leave a tip uh, for the performers. Uh, but we enjoy doing it, and uh, I do a three-minute, uh, I do a three-minute patty melt. Uh, I rant about something, and that's funny. I, I was uh, coming in, and Richard Chu is leaving. He's like, I was ranting, and I'm like, that's that. Yes, that's part of our job is to look. I, I just saw a post about Jill Lawrence, and someone was thanking her for holding. It's not just you know we're not just complaining here. I mean, yes, believe me, as you know, I have a lot of grievances, and you uh, provide me the opportunity to share them with you. Some of them are shared. Uh, we have them together. Uh, some of them are personal, but reflect uh, the experiences um, that I think are important to take into account when I go into the voting booth. But someone wrote about Jill Lawrence thanking her for hold, not only holding electeds accountable, but also you know showing shining a light on their policies and how it impacts us. And I think that helps me also focus on what I need to be doing over the next year. We focus on government officials' actions, their policy making, and the related outcomes. That's what we need to focus. And I and, and it gets lost in the shuffle. Richard talked about a lot about this. It, it, a lot of it has to do with how. How people are feeling. They're angry. They're very angry about, uh, yes, it is catastrophic that people are dying because of these the centuries-old battle that in some ways we've tried to get involved we have have made some we've made some Im- positive impact we've made some negative impact uh, and you know we've seen the direction of this and I don't know I, I honestly I don't know what the path forward is uh, on either side or globally in the Middle East but I and I I feel as though I mean this is something that isn't there's no magic wand for this there isn't and you're not going to get everything that you want I was telling Richard on the way out uh, tell me who has ever been 100% happy with their the policies of, of their electeds of their tone I saw somebody somebody was asking let's use this, use this as an example I guess uh, because there are a lot of folks including me who are frustrated with what the city of Chicago has done in response to the migrants coming here from Texas it is uh, uh, I'm absolutely speechless when it comes to the missteps, the mistakes, the mismanagement of funding, the uh, the, the burden, the overwhelming burden that is being placed on uh, nonprofits and volunteers who are available in many communities throughout the city of Chicago 24-7 to greet these buses, to do the best they can to make sure that every family, including babies, have clothing, have food, uh, know what the plan is, are connected to services. And the fact that we... Uh, are still now in December without any way of handling the the massive amount of people who are sleeping on police floors or outside in tents. This is uh, anyway. I've, I think I've, I'm retreading over uh, a lot of uh, territory we've discussed in the past. So today I saw someone write and ask, uh, "Well, what would pa- pa- uh, Vallis have done differently? Whether it was with the migrants or uh, the crime rates? Uh, you know, we're seeing violence in, in various parts of the of the city and." Uh, and, and someone said, one person, you know, one person said, well, we have a lot of different laws and, and policies in place already. Well, the mayor doesn't make the laws, right? He can whip his uh, his alder people onto a, a, 
a, a piece of legislation and move in a different direction. But he, the, the, Brandon Johnson, is is making decisions uh, that do impact. But he's not changing any police actions. A lot of those are done. Uh, the, the state of Illinois legislature passed um, their, you know, their Justice Act, uh, the legislation about two years ago. Uh, yes, the uh, the police pursuit has changed, and that, I believe, was a, a collaboration with a different organizations that work with the Chicago Police Department. And at any rate, one of the things that someone said was they, well, Vallis would have would not have said when those kids went out and, and were creating havoc and, and committing violent acts, he would have he would not have said that they were uh, that they were uh, kids that, that made bad choices. OK, that, so that that's what you need is is someone to to speak different. I, I mean, I, look, I get that. I wanted different from Lori Lightfoot. I now want different from uh, different approach from Brandon Johnson. Um, but if that's the one thing you have is that that one speech, I, I just I'm, I, I don't see it. I just I don't see it. We are I know Lady B and uh, and Paul are working on the the live feed, but we're not able to get the uh, Facebook live stream. Everybody, I'm sorry, and I don't know how to tell people that we are not uh, we're not able to. So, do you want to go ahead and open up the phone lines, Lady B? Because I think people want to call and talk to you. So we're gonna open up the phone line. I know at least one person texted me twice, Lady B. I don't know if you can hear. I'm gonna. Oh, she's already got the phone up. Uh, so I have to wait and read your texts to her because um, she's taking the phone calls now. Lady B is back after uh, some time off dealing with some health issues, and I, I don't want to describe someone else's health issues. So when she can come back um, on the air, we will talk to her about her recovery uh, post surgery. And I want to thank all the listeners who've been calling and texting and uh, and checking in on her and sending her uh, love and well wishes. It's uh, wonderful to have you back. And uh, I'm so excited. We're getting the team back. But I also want Lady B, I know she's not listening to me because she's answering the phones, but I want you to also pace yourself. Can you hear me? Pace yourself, Lady B. Right? Listen to your body. Just saying. Wow, the first person already, already, they just want to talk to her. They don't want to go on the air. They just want to talk to her. Okay, so I'll keep talking. I was in Los Angeles for a couple of days. Um, so thank you to the, our fill-in hosts, as I mentioned, Dan Katowski, uh, who was here on Wednesday from ChildServe having a really important conversation about gun violence and how you can have an impact in making sure that we elect people who are going to uh, place restrictions on gun purchases and the types of weapons people can access. I also want thank Dan, Dan um, for sharing information about Kids Above All, the organization that he is the CEO of. Um, please go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can support their mission to help kids and, and families in the Chicagoland area. We also want to thank our friends uh, Dan Schaefer and Megan Kelly from Apolitini, who filled in for me yesterday. I didn't get a chance, that one I didn't get a chance to listen to. I was... Um, I'll be honest. I was uh, I was hiking, and I uh, didn't want to think about uh, politics. I was just uh, out in the, in the canyons. I was at Runyon Canyon and uh, and then like Bantam Canyon, and uh, something uh, different happened to me this weekend or this week. For the first time in my ent- entire life, while hiking in L.A., they have you know there's a lot of these winding paths that uh, you kind of end up on this point where you can look over Los Angeles. Um, I experienced extreme vertigo and kind of had to uh, sit down for a few minutes and then um, carefully make my way back down the mountain. So that was that was something different. I was like, oh, I don't know if it's old age or what, but here I am getting vertigo. Hey, Paul in Seattle, what's on your mind, my friend? All right, Patty, good to talk to you uh, and happy weekend. Um, you know, I wanted to, to bring a point to the, the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and uh, my point's going to go this direction: is that 
before everybody gets upset with each other here in the United States, we have to realize that we don't do any better here in the United States in a lot of ways. And I want to make the point about the Native Americans, the Native tribes, the indigenous people of this land, the North America, North America, we treat no better. And I'll start with, there was a Supreme Court case in 1823. It was called Johnson versus Mintosh, or sometimes called McIntosh. It was a dispute over some lands that were sold by one of the Native tribes to uh, a man by the name of Johnson, who happened to be a, a former Supreme Court justice. But the same land was sold to another person by the United States government. And they said, well, this is mine. And Johnson said, I got it from the original owners. I got it from the Native Americans. It's from the tribes. It's mine. And the court said, and this is our official position on the Native indigenous people of this land, is that they do not and never did own any property on this continent. And the reason is, they said, is because they never had a doctrine of ownership in their culture. But when... When the when the British colonized the colonies, well, they said they owned them, and so what have we done? We put these indigenous people, the people who had been there for ten thousand years or more. We said, no, we'll give you some place to live. Now let's look at take uh, the the situation in in Israel. Let's say the Israelis decide this neighborhood sucks. Let's get out of here. Let's sell and move somewhere else. Because before the, the uh, nation of Israel, the state of Israel was created in 1948, where it is, there was discussion about lands in the United States or also in British Guyana, which is South America. But they decided, no, the, the traditional ancient homeland should be the place. So let's say Israel said, this neighborhood really stinks. Let's sell it. They could potentially sell their whole country, all 8,500 square miles, and say, move to I don't know. Utah. There's a lot of open federal land there, and there's 8,500 square miles. Wouldn't even be about. Would be about 10 percent of it. They could live next to the Great Salt Lake and pretend it's the Dead Sea. But that's theoretically possible. They could sell it out to to whoever wants to buy it. But let's let's look at this. Could the Palestinians sell their lands and say this this neighborhood stinks? Let's get out of here. Nope. They don't own any of it. And guess what? Let's say the native tribes in this country said, this reservation life stinks. Let's sell out and just integrate into the city. Could they sell their lands? Nope, because they don't own the reservation either. Wow. The United States government does. We don't do anything differently. Well, it's, in, it's interesting you mentioned that because so the area of uh, northern Mexico and southern Texas, where my mother's family is from, you know, we talk about these tribes and, and native lands and federally protected lands. You know, I think there's over like 55 million acres of land that uh, that are set aside for reserves, for reservations, because the people that my mother come from uh, were nomads. So they didn't stay on a they, they would go with the weather, with where food was. Uh, so there, right. there is no claim for the tribes, uh, some tribes of southern Texas and northern Mexico when it comes to uh, land rights or any any sort of uh, acknowledgement, which is interesting because it's all, as you mentioned, based on land. But even then, not with ownership amongst the Native Americans. Bizarre. Which, yeah, which was what was formerly Mexico before the Mexican-American uh, War. Right. Um, th- th- there were tri- nomadic tribes uh, of Mexican people. Right. That, that moved right. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Right. But, uh, you know, just recently, um, the, the uh, Navajo Nation, there was a, a last session of uh, last June, the Supreme Court ruled that the Navajo tribe 
was asking, because when the Navajo Nation signed the treaty in 1868, there weren't any water problems in the Southwest. And so there's nothing mentioned about water in the treaty. Well, the Navajo Nation tribe, or the uh, reservation, is having serious water problems now. And they said, well, the United States government has to, the federal government has to provide water, tap into the Colorado River. Well, who spoke up with Arizona and uh, Utah and New Mexico and said, oh, no, you're not, you're not tapping into our water. And since the Navajo had never had any water, right? <laughs> and and Brett, Brett Kavanaugh said, we are not going to. There was, there was another case called Winters where they said that uh, a, a sovereign nation must have what it takes to the primary aspects to have a, a free life, a sovereign life. And that includes water. But Brett Kavanaugh said, we will not use common law to make this decision. We are using textualism, and there's nothing mentioned in this treaty, like there ever would have been in 1868, about water, and therefore, no. You are not, we are not giving, we're not doing anything to provide water for the reservation. Yeah. How is this different from Gaza? Well, it's not, it's not a I, I Maybe, I guess, the how packed in people are, and the restrictions, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's even worse. Yes. But I, you know what? I'm going to go through on, on Kitchen Table Progressive on Sunday. Okay. I'm going to talk about the ancient, and I'm actually going to go back into the book of Genesis and look at whose land is this, really? And it turns out it's both. It's, it's both the ancient Hebrew and the ancient Canaanite peoples all came to the same region. And it says you can look, if you want to look in your Bible, look at Genesis chapter 10. And you will see what it says about who was there. There's an inaccuracy there, however, because it says that um, part of Ham's offspring became the, the, uh, became the Philistines, and that we know is not true. The Philistines came from the Aegean. They came from Eastern Europe. And not only that, they did not come at the time of the book of Genesis. They came, we know that they came in the in the early 12th century B.C., which is about 500 years later than what's mentioned here. So that's an inaccuracy. Uh, but still, it does say, by, by own admission, it's the book of Genesis that says uh, the Canaan was the Canaan was the uh, one of the sons of Ham. And it also says that Abraham, God told Abraham to go to the land of Canaan. And it says Canaan's people stretched as far as the land as far as Gaza. And then God told Abraham to go to the land of Canaan. That was the promised land. He did, they weren't originally there because what's the promised land if you're already there? It's <laughs> not a promised land. It's a lot. Just, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. And my, like, if any, we don't have the Facebook up tonight because we're having some tech issues, but people would see my eyes glaze over when it comes to any sort of, you know, I, I get it. Uh, sort of the ways in which people, uh, I, I, it's it's not a, a familiar experience to me, and maybe because I had such a uh, eclectic religious upbringing that I, I can't, yeah. I just can't wrap my mind around these uh, these centuries old battles uh, based in, in these uh, these to- stories. I just I, I have a hard time with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you read it, and it, it does bounce off your eyeballs yes. unless you really make yourself read it slowly and say, okay, what's what here and well, sort it out. Yeah. And that's but, why you know, the whole thing. Doesn't the whole thing come down to what is our 
What, what is our, our, our feeling, our concept of justice? That's what it really comes down right. to. Instead of everybody getting mad at everybody right. all the time, let's make sure that everybody yeah. is getting, you know, somebody, I was talking to another a conservative guy, a Jewish host in Seattle, and he, I said, look, it's not, uh, um, every nation has an absolute right to exist, not just Israel, and every nation has the right to defend itself, not just Israel. So let's be. Let's start with a with a, you know an even uh, an even uh, you know an even scale, an even keel here. And you know I know Hamas. I have nothing good to say about them. But if that's the only choice you have, if you're not allowed to vote in the elections in your country, extremist extremism is going to rise. Right. And that's also what happened in Iran when we. Right. Got mixed up in Iran. In exactly. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. We, we often create vacuums, too. We often create a lot of unrest exactly. with our own agenda and trying to impose yep. uh, our sensibilities on other cultures, which also today, when we talk about Venezuelans coming to the United States, uh, we mm-hmm. had a hand in that, too. I've got to take a break. Yep. Paul, Paul, Kitchen Table Thank Progressives, you. Sunday night at 6 o'clock, talking about some great and important topics. Thank you so much, Paul. Have a great evening. Thanks, Kay. Thank you. Yep, you too. Uh, when we come back, let's take uh, our phone calls. We're going to talk to Lady B some more. We are having trouble with the Facebook feed, so we apologize for that. And at 545, I want you to call for your chance to win a gift card from one of our wonderful sponsors if you've never called the show before. My show. You can call. Maybe you've called other shows, and you're like, eh, I don't want to talk to Patty. Come talk to me. Tell me why you never wanted to call me. Or tell me uh, just how long you've been listening, uh, how you found our show, and uh, help us get the word out, folks. Tell your friends that you enjoy the show. We had a young woman who's a social worker a few weeks ago Lady B and one of her clients said, you should be listening to this Patty Vasquez. And two days later, she called in and won a gift card from our show. So that was very exciting. So we want to hear from you folks and we want you to tell your friend. Here, if you tell a friend, they listen to the show. Now they're a first time Friday. Maybe they share that gift with you. Maybe they're like, hey, I got two bottles of Gindos. Maybe you want a bottle of Gindos. I'm just saying. All right. Let's take a break here. More after this on WCPT820 Heartland Signal. Oh, we're so happy you're here, Lady B. Yay! Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. I know that uh, Roosevelt, both Roosevelt and Dave have been on hold. Let's get Roosevelt because Roosevelt's been texting me. We've been having some tech, tech issues tonight. Roosevelt, how are you doing, my friend? How are you doing, Patty? Thank you for taking my call. Really Absolutely. appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Hi. Uh, I already uh, talked to uh, Lady B yesterday and today, and I told her, you don't know how many people love you and appreciate you. Missed you a lot. That we really I, I we absolutely she's nodding and smiling in, in gratitude. You can join you can get on the microphone, Lady B. This is your show too. Get, hello. Yeah, I appreciate everyone's love and support, and and I think it's, oh. it's just <laughs> I love you guys. Oh. I really do, and it means everything. Every like family hear you guys, and I, oh my god, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Yes, Lady B. Thank you. Todd says, welcome back, Bedalia. And we missed your sweetness, is what Todd says. Oh, thank you. 
And hi, here you go. Hi, hi, Lady B. You've been through a really difficult, challenging time. The struggles with illness and recovery can be a long road, and it's hard to stay strong. But I've heard you talk about your supportive family. I'm so glad you have them, and you have your WCPT family, including listeners like me, wishing you the best of health and giving you big spiritual hugs with some really cute emojis hugging you. Welcome oh, back, and I appreciate you. you. And, and, and you guys give me the strength every day to get up. Even though there are days that I'm in, I have days my that I'm in so much pain that I don't eat, I can't think, it's, uh, and then there's days that I, I'm okay, and, and I hear you guys, and I see see you guys on Facebook saying we miss you, love you, and and when I get messages from Patty and the guys here telling me oh they miss you, oh. That gives me strength. My kids give me strength. Everyone, me, and I appreciate that. Thank I, you. I, I, yeah, we love I you. I love you guys. No, we love you. Love you more. <laughs> Roosevelt, I know that you were calling us to have Lady B, but also uh, wanted to, to check in about community and voting. Is that right? Absolutely. First of all, I want to say something about Paul Richardson, and I want to make a suggestion for him. Okay, for his show, Paul looked into it. C&C Music Factory. They had a big hit in 1990. Things that make you go, huh? Okay? <laughs> now, look into it. Because let me tell you, every time he talks, every time he says something, and particularly his show, there's things that he brings up that nobody else brings up. Right. But it makes his show unique. And, and uh, to me, I benefit a lot because I learn a lot of the things that I... You know, that I also things that I forgot, especially in history. And I really appreciate his show. So I wanted to say that. Let me jump on why I called. Okay. Again, today in our community, I want to talk and continue on what um, Richard was saying, the subject he was saying about our minorities, meaning African American voters, and to be particular, our Latino community in our community. Let me tell you what's going on in our community. Now, you know that I listen to Spanish shows and I contribute and I, I've been asked, I've been asked to be a contributor. All right. So, you know, a lot of people don't like me on this show and on, and on, on um, to be particular, on the Spanish show. And here's the problem I have with them. And I told them today because they're becoming a one issue voter because this is what they always bring up. Obama was the deporter in chief. Biden, and at, that's after he promised that he was going to do immigration reform. Biden promised that he was going to do, and they mentioned it. They mentioned it today. But the lady that runs this show mentioned it today. So I told her, I, I called her today. I'm here to answer any question you got about Biden and Obama, because this is what's happening in our community. It's bringing up the fact that Biden did not keep his promise, that Obama didn't keep his promise. And this is exactly what I said. I said what was said on, on with Richard earlier at 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock or whatever it was, or 5 o'clock, I mean. And they are stuck on that. So I told them like this, you cannot keep your promises if Part of Congress doesn't want to work with you. And I brought them and refreshed their minds on what they did with Obama. Biden has become the third 
administration, because Obama had two administrations, where the Republicans don't want to work with him. They want him to fail. They want the Democrats to fail. And I said, it, when it comes to immigration reform, it has to be bipartisan. I said, look, I'll give you a perfect example. Look what Biden did when it comes to infrastructure. Look at the price of the gasoline. This is what I said today. Look at the price of the gasoline. You don't hear hardly anybody mention that. I go, 199,000 jobs were created in the month of November. You don't hear the media grabbing a hold of that good news and saying, hey, we got to give Biden the props. No. So that's what I said to them today. Go and they gang up on him, and I'm the only one that calls up and says, when you guys are as negative as you are with this president, I go, you got to be even. Meaning, when he does something good, you got to give him his props. I go, and if I don't say it, you guys won't say it. I tell him just like that because I have the lady gives me the freedom to express myself. What do you think about what I said? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that we need to be, you know, somebody uh, texted while uh, Richard was talking about, you know, what did Trump do that improved your life? And one listener, uh, and it's funny because I can tell how often someone texts. It was their first text ever uh, to at least on this new text screen because we uh, kind of refreshed in the last few months. But it's uh, it says, what has POTUS, what has uh, Biden done that has directly aff- affected my uh, life? Inflation. It's really that simple. And we are one of the strongest economies in the world and i mean inflation in argentina is as high as 104 percent we are you know yes china's is low for different and artificial reasons but he has been building up the middle class we absolutely need to be championing the things that biden is talking about is that what you want me to talk about exactly and let me add to what you just said i told them like this go the 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 false the false things that but that Trump did when he was in office, he didn't have a great economy. Nope. How can you have a great economy? I, I told her, how can you have a great economy when you are confronted and with his own words that he said that he was at war with this virus? Then he handed it over to the other idiot, the vice president. Pence, they came down. I go, he he killed. And this is not he's directly responsible for 400,000 people who died of our citizens. Go because he didn't act. He didn't do anything. The contrary, he hid yep. information from us. I go. So how can you have a great economy? And when they bring up this thing about uh, the price of of uh, gasoline, I go. Of course, there was the price was low. You had a virus. Nobody was driving. Nobody was driving. I, there was you know people weren't spending money on on gas because. We're going to go see grandma on Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. I go, and then Biden, I, I told her like this. I said, Biden, 35 consecutive months of positive job growth. I go, and you guys don't even mention it. Yeah. No, 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 no. Those that that it's meaningless. It's always easier to for Republicans to say that uh, that they would do a better job or that this is a bad president or that he's senile and all these stupid things uh, when he's getting the job done. They can't point at the positives because that doesn't benefit them. Exactly. And then here's the thing, too. They blame him for everything that is going on with the price of gasoline, the thing that's going on at the border, the crisis. Go, there's not going to be immigration reform unless Republicans. I go, do yeah. you hear any Latino 
I go, do you hear any Latino mentioning, just mentioning the fact that they want to work with the Democrats on immigration reform? No, because they don't want to work with the Democrats. And here's the thing. Republican Party doesn't exist, I told her. It's Trump's party. And that's the problem. I go, it's Trump's party. When have you heard? Yep. When have you heard of an ex-president continuously, continuously going on 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 uh, uh, on campaign, on, on you know, doing his campaign for for being elected? This is the only guy. Yeah. And and, and and I go, and just last week he had a town hall where he said that on day one, you mentioned it, day one he's going to be a dictator. Yeah. Believe him. Yeah, that's what he's going to do. <laughs> except for day one. Well, except for day one means his entire administration. That's when you put the whole, the whole, and all and of you know together. Yep. I'll, I'll give the lady credit for saying this. When I mentioned the fact of the 199,000 jobs in the month of November, she specifically broke it and she broke it up and said, you're absolutely right, Roosevelt. And who, I don't know what she gave up. She gave me a a number of specific Latinos that got jobs that didn't have them before. She goes, you're right. So she asked, I go, now I'm here to answer any questions. So she asked me the question, do you think that Biden has a chance of, of winning? I said, you know what? I'll put money on that. I go, and on that show, there's people that bet a hundred tacos and they go to a, <laughs> a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. I, and then, so then I put the bet. I said, I bet a hundred tacos at any restaurant. Biden's going to win I go, because there's one there's one thing that nobody thinks of. And that's the youth of America. And I have total confidence in the youth of America to get us out of this mess of, of, of constantly getting these polls that that Trump would win. Trump, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that. We were wrong about Hillary. and They're wrong about Trump. There's that, no way I, I, I go. I can't. Yep, we got we got to yeah. keep we have to keep we have to keep that energy going with them too because it's a long slog to next November. I've got to take long, another phone yeah. call so I can get another segment. Thank I'm you. only I'm only here till six today, so I've got to I got to get some folks in. Oh, Thank, no, 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 you didn't sorry. know that. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. I got to run because I got to do a show in Kenosha. I probably should tell people when I'm performing. I'm in, at the Kenosha Comedy Club today and tomorrow. So if you want to come out to Kenosha, go to the Kenosha Comedy Club. Uh, we got a show tonight at eight and tomorrow at eight. And uh, yeah, I just want to get everybody in. Thank you, Roosevelt. Have a good night. Have a good weekend, my friend. Thank you, too. And right now, folks, if you've never called the show before, 773-763-9278 is your chance to win a gift card from Gindo's Spice of Life Hot Sauce. These are all of our sponsors, so we've got a great list. So it will be one of these wonderful gift cards from maybe Brown Sugar Bakery, Crave Brothers Farm Said Cheese of Waterloo, Wisconsin, Sam's Favorite Salsa of Naperville, Timeless Toys right here in Chicago, Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends of Evanston, Hungry Monkey Baking Company of Lake Forest, Uve Kitchen and Wine Bar right here in Chicago. And Boot Tights. You can go to BootTights.com. Uh, I love their tights. Anyway, let me take, uh, let's take uh, Dave's call. But for everybody else who's never called before, 773-763-9278. Call us and uh, for your chance to win a gift card. Uh, what's on your mind, my friend Dave? What's up? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Let the first timers uh, get the calls. And, and, uh, we're, we're it's waiting. Just good to hear we're Lady waiting. B. Isn't it great to hear her? I agree. Oh, yeah. So, either uh, Monday or whatever. What, no, no, tell I, me what happened. I think I've, I don't Dave, know, I think I've had a few. Dave, I've had a Dave. few calls in my time in sixteen plus years. Dave, what uh, what happened? Wow. In, what happened in New York? They that uh, Remington plant is going to be uh, closing up over there because uh, the Sandy Hook 
that settlement. They're just going to move it down to, uh, you know, to Georgia. But that plant had been there for like 200 years. Oh, it's a gun manufacturing and, company. It's so fun. I, yeah. It's so fun. I should know yeah. that Remington, like I guess if you said Winchester, that would be more, I guess I would understand. I'm like Remington, like Remington Steel. I think of Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, Remington <laughs> Arms. It's like one of the oldest. They, are they making old DVDs now. of the series from the 80s? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, that. Because they they went bankrupt a couple times, and then uh, the um, that was the rifle that that Adam Lanza used that time when he did twenty children uh, and six teachers at Sandy Hook. Yeah, and that uh, that seventy three million dollar uh, lawsuit, I guess. So wow. So now they're gonna in March. It's gonna you know they're gonna move the operations and close it down. Wow. And of course, it's going to Georgia. They like the guns. They are the oldest, the nation's anyway. oldest gun manufacturer, founded in 1816, and uh, recently, obviously, struggled with uh, financial difficulties because of uh, their bankruptcy. They filed twice. They this is even before the agreement to settle. They already had filed for bankruptcy bankruptcy twice. Twice, yeah, yeah. So it's right, hey, Patty, let me get yeah. off so the new, new people can get their, <laughs> their stuff. Just self. He's like, I'm, I'm done. I gotta get out of here. I mean, Dave, Dave, right. Dave. Thank you. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. We also have a text. Uh, I think from a couple days ago that I didn't get to asking about our signal strength. So you may be having trouble. It might be a little a little uh, warbly on your radio and or in your car. If you can switch over to Tune In, Tune In Radio is an app, and you can listen to uh, to our show. You can also listen to radio stations across the country, but uh, in particular, our show uh, right there. W, just search for WCPT. You can listen to the station all day long, and uh, and we would encourage you to do that in order to uh, hear the the show clearly. So that's uh, tune in radio, and if or if you're on your laptop or on your phone, you can also listen to us on HeartlandSignal.com. I know not everybody uh, is using uh, their digital devices to listen. Uh, unfortunately, through the winter, it gets a little tough because our signal uh, doesn't carry as far um, as soon as the sun goes down. So I know, sorry about that. Uh, we'll, we'll work on it. Uh, I don't, I don't know, how, I don't know how to work on that, but uh, I can encourage you to use some digital devices to listen to the show. Seven seven three. We got a couple minutes left. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. They're listening to our conversation. They're excited. They're so excited to have you back, Lady B. They're like, "That's gift enough. I don't need your gift cards." Well, I also gave out two earlier this week, so that was fun. Uh, let's take a quick break here. I'll wrap up in a moment and tell you what's coming up in the next hour on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. Hey Google, play WCPT. Streaming Chicago's progressive talk from TuneIn. Hey, everybody. I'm going to just wrap it up here because I have to head out. Uh, I had hoped to have a uh, fill-in host, and things kind of got a little bit um, flipped upside down today. And I thought, um, and in part, uh, Lady B, can I, can I ask you, um, when, when you're, with your diagnosis with breast cancer, was it something that you had, had gone in for screening? Was it something you weren't feeling well? I don't know if anyone's had an opportunity to talk to you about that or if you're, if you're comfortable talking about it. Um, I always go for every yearly, uh-huh. but um, I, it was like last two years ago on my left side, I felt a lump, and they. It, but it was n- nothing. They said uh, they didn't seen anything. It was benign. But they still had me come in at, instead of yearly at that time six months. Okay, and then last year when they did the screening. Uh, it looked everything looked normal on both breasts, and okay. then 
But the end of the year, I suddenly felt something, and then I noticed a little weight loss. Okay. Okay, and then little sharp pains here and there, but I had nothing of it. And then this year, uh, a friend of mine who went through cancer years ago, um, her cancer came back. So I'm like, wait a minute, with the little weight loss, with this, let me make my appointment. Sure. So I, when I went, um, that's when they were like, I went for the mammogram. They called me the next day. Hey, I need you to come into a further uh, examination. And they did the alt, did breast ultrasound. And they said, oh, we need you to come back next week. For third, we need to do a stereo, uh, a stereo, uh, um, like an ultrasound? I forgot what it is. But then, and then that's when they gave me a call and I got a letter and a call and they told me it was like, uh, at that time it was stage two. Okay. And it was uh I'm so aggressive. glad you went. Wow. It was um, aggressive. Uh. Yeah, it was very, it was shocking. And I found out I found out here. Oh, when I, in fact, I got the call here a little bit after your show, Ugh. and um, luckily, uh, uh, Paul was here to help me, and and I appreciate him. Mm. And it, it's just too much. God, it's a hard thing to hear on the phone when you're just trying to be done for work for the day. Yes, and oh, and then, and then. I had uh, the surgery and that uh, the first surgery in May 31st, and they told me it was aggressive and I was stage three. But they figured they thought they got all the cancer out, and then um, when they did more testing, so it was a weekly uh, with the oncology with the uh, uh, the breast cancer. It it was a lie, and then but they said they got it all out. Oh, good. Um, I'm on that uh, five year. Uh, uh, I have to do take medication for five years once a day. No chemo, no radiation. That's they good said news. They got it all. Oh, but they good. still. Uh, I went for that whole month of June, seeing the doctor, three different doctors every week. It was it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> it was and and, and and then I came. I just, I just needed to come, even though I think I came too fast and I caught an infection. Had the third, second, oh. and then yeah. And because well, you want to you want to feel okay. I mean, that's part of it too. Is you want you know there's there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel normal again. And you know sometimes we overcompensate and don't realize we're pushing ourselves too hard. I'm yes. sorry, baby. And 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 that's all. That's what I kept telling my kids. I, was, I just want to feel normal. I, I just want to be able to. To drive again. I want to be. You thought you could fake this. it till you made it, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I do that. 
I know. I'm so glad. I'm glad that you're recovering now, and, and maybe, um, you know, I know it puts a lot into perspective. And and so coming up in the next, uh, in the first half hour will be it's it's Tuesday's show. Correct. We talked a little bit about uh, Mayor Johnson. We talked to some listeners uh, about the response that Chicago had. I think it's going to go a little over, so we can clip some of that, so that we can hear the full conversation with. Um, there's a, a Dr. Anunciata uh, who is part of the uh, cancer uh, National Cancer Organization, and uh, the uh, author of some comic books, she, uh, Cancer Vixen. And so that's going to be coming up at 6.30. And it's, it is Cancer Screen Week. It's a reminder now to make those appointments. Put that on your calendar. Call your doctor. Uh, so listen to your body, but also be proactive, okay? And uh, take care of yourselves. Have a great weekend, everybody. Lady B, we're so happy to have you back. Love you so much. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be at Kenosha at the Kenosha Comedy Club tonight at 8 and tomorrow at 8 if you want to come hang out. And I'll talk to you then. Bye, everyone. Driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing ass says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for joining us as we drive it home until 7. We want to say hello to our friends in Minneapolis-St. Paul listening on KTNF 950 AM. And so excited to be on a little bit earlier in your neck of the woods. We've been talking a little bit of uh, local news in Chicago. We uh, we had just had a conversation with Alderman Gilbert Villegas of the 36th Ward filling us in on what's going on in regards to infrastructure and the immigration status for our asylum seekers. Uh, let's talk to Lee, who's on the line, wants to join in the conversation. How you doing, Lee? How you doing, Patty? I'm doing all right, thank you. What's going on? Yeah, I wanted to um, chime in and piggyback on some of what the um, argument was saying. Um, I really do think it should be a conversation with these aldermans, and I, I don't. I don't. I voted for Brandon Johnson, and I don't think he's really going about this situation particularly the right way. If I. Cause I, 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 I'm not going to argue with you. Go ahead. <laughs> and I, I'll look at it this way. I'm from the south side of Chicago, the Englewood area. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I understand, I feel for these immigrants that's coming here. They're running from horrible places around this, you know, to get here, to try to find a new life and start and build with their families, and I understand that. But... The mayor has to have these conversations with these aldermen in their communities because the way things are happening that I'm seeing in my community, you're dumping already. Okay, so I'm not going to say dumping. You're putting more strain on an already strained neighborhood, neighborhoods that's that's already strained and, and depleted of resources. And it's, and it's just... Without any type of plan behind, and it, it, I don't know, I'm not in, in government, but it doesn't look like there's a plan behind it. It just it looks very bad from the outside looking in. And these communities are already strained. Like I said, I'm from the South Side of Chicago, Inglewood. I see, I'm seeing communities that's impoverished already. And then, how how does that help anyone? Add more to that. Right. Without any type of plan, I don't see any type of plan. I walk, I, I drive home from street. You have these these um, immigrants standing outside. These people are standing outside, freezing on corners, and 
And you know what? You can't do nothing but feel bad for them. But at the same exact time, you got to say, well, how can we help the immigrants that's coming in and you're not helping the people that's already in this community? What Mm -hmm. is the plan? So I I just want. Yeah. I, I I was very concerned. I mean, I've been concerned the entire time. As soon as Governor Abbott started, and 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 before Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis started putting folks on planes and buses and started shipping them to places where they didn't even know what their destination was, uh, it, it's heartbreaking to see. And and I, when I I saw it that is. there were uh, it is, and and when I saw people from communities like yours, uh, like uh, Austin Gage, uh, places that are already, as you mentioned, uh, suffering from disinvestment from being marginalized by the city of Chicago for over a hundred years. And let's, let's not, you know, people think, you know, Oh, the, the idea that everything is fine and we're all, you know, enjoying the same uh, privileges uh, to live in the city of Chicago is absolutely a fallacy. And I know that, and I know a lot of people don't want to admit it um, that there's a deeply entrenched, uh, not just racism, but uh, not allowing people to buy houses or rent home, rent apartments uh, simply because of the color their skin has had a long-term effect that we still are grappling with. And so when I saw folks uh, saying, you know, what about us? It was it was hard because it's an important and significant question. Uh, you know, where has where has been the support and the care? And 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 yet you know, we understand why people want to help refugees. And it's really and, and I, it even uh, hit me even closer to home when I talked to some folks who provide services for people who have disabilities and they've been told Lee, that they are going to lose millions of dollars in support services because there's just not enough money in the budget from the state. Yeah. And so now we have a community cool. again that is and, and I've talked to providers who are like and you know it's interesting I never thought that I would hear I understand that the migrants and asylum seekers need help but what am I going to do for the people in this community that has that needs 24 hour care uh, people who you know cannot survive without the support services and and it, it, so it's having it's reaching everyone and I've said this before and I know a, a listener got really angry with me when I said there's always money and there simply is. There are it trillions is. of dollars. I, I agree in the, with you, yeah, yeah, there's trillions of dollars in deep pockets in a consolidated, extraordinarily wealthy population that's tiny and the, it leaves the rest of us just, you know, begging for scraps and that's where we are right now. And that's, they want it this way. They want us to be fighting. I, I, that oh, was, I believe yeah. that. I really do believe yeah. that. That was my next point. I, I believe that because um, if you look at where the migrants are ended up, it's all black and brown neighborhoods, mostly. I'm not going to say all, but it's mostly black and brown strain neighborhoods that's already suffering. And I believe they, I believe it's kind of by design. I could be wrong, but I believe it's kind of by design. I think it's by design. I think it's intended to, to, you know, make us angry at each other. I mean, what better way to divide liberals than to, and and demographics that typically or have for a long time voted Democrat, uh, you know, have us fighting against each other, whether it's for support services or whether it's for, you know, the black and brown communities that have have already had, a, a you know, somewhat of a strained relationship to begin with. We simply have, yeah. you know, that's just, it, that's just the truth. Yeah, it is. Well, look, we're all we are at our nature. We are still we're still we're mammals, right? We're built to survive. And so when we see yep. someone as a threat, getting something that we believe we should have too, or we should have instead of them, it's going to make us angry. And and it's hard to fight through that. This just our our own human instincts of survival. 
It's just hard. And I have that conversation with people, and I and I try to explain like like you're explaining it now, and and I I get the same conversation from everybody like their threat. Like it's like you said, it's it's survival. Yeah. Why are they getting what we should be getting? You know, and I'm like, you know, you got to look at it. I don't put it. It's not their fault. You know what I mean? It's not their fault. And like you say, it's buckets of money that our yes. city, our, our country can dip into. It's them, the money is there. I just believe our mayor is going about this situation the whole wrong way. I I really, as a human, I, I mean, I, I really, I like Brandon Johnson. I was uh, grateful that he, he wanted to uh, take the responsibility of what many of us thought. Well, this is, this is not an easy job, um, but this ain't it. It's it's just not, not and it. say this is not it. And saying I inherited this problem, this was this problem six months ago. You asked for this problem, and we said, you know what? We pick you. We pick you. You ran for mayor. And, yeah. So yeah, it's be the mayor. <laughs> Be the mayor, man. Um, don't you know? Don't be. I, I mean, you know, his it, glibness is not appreciated. Uh, dismissiveness is brutal in this situation when people are going to be outside in the cold, whether they are our neighbors that have been here for years or neighbors who are nearly ar- arrived. Knowing that that there are children who are going to freeze is always uh, the wrong the wrong city to be in. In Chicago, is how how are we still in this in this position? Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. It is. It is really what, bad. Yeah, that's horrible. Well, thank you, Patty. Thank you for taking my call. I love your of show. Course. I listen every day. Oh, Lee, I'm a, I'm so grateful to know that. Thank you for calling in today. Do you have uh, Do you have holiday plans? What uh, What's in, uh, on the uh, the menu for celebrating the holidays? Oh man, just just being around my family, holding them close, yeah. holding them tight, eating yes. good eating, and yes. spending all my money and get my money spent. <laughs> Well, be be cautious with it. They, yeah, the, uh, you're. I, you know, that's the thing is, I think that if I feel like this year, I feel exactly the same way. I just want to, I just want to snuggle and uh, cozy with my family and uh, be low stress, and uh, and and shower them with love. That's I'm with you. I think we're feeling yeah, that. Just a, just appreciate and feel appreciated. I like it. Well, you are appreciated, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Patty. Have a. Thank you. Have a good night. Let's uh, take a break here. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. The number is 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join the conversation. You can also text 773-763-9278. Even if it's just something fun, like the 630 saying, Patty, I've got the perfect Republican ticket. Trump, Santos, all liars all the time. So join us anytime. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal and KTNF Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing company and i sell choice hard seltzer an all-natural grapefruit flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can percentage of the proceeds of every can of choice hard seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the chicagoland area enjoy a light refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time buy yours at beer on the wall arlington heights woodman's in bloomingdale kenwood liquors in homer glen and more to come must be 21 please drink responsibly you're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
Uh, interesting that our news break there was uh, covering the SAG-AFTRA negotiations and our contract that uh, we're all voting on. Today is the deadline. It is uh, The deadline is, fi- I believe, 5 p.m. today. I- I'll take a look. But if you are a member of SAG-AFTRA, and I know we have some of our incredible members listening to the show, and I'm so grateful for my brothers and sisters in solidarity, this has been – this is something I've, I've kind of uh, held back on um, – Weighing in on because there are a lot of really important details of this. So we have not ratified the contract yet. And what we are fighting for the most right now, what we absolutely want to know, we are protected uh, in regards to uh, artificial intelligence. And uh, I, I've had a lot of that's why I'm in Los Angeles is uh, talking to uh, members of the union, uh, people who worked on the contracts. And uh, and I'm I'm grateful for their work. I'm hopeful that uh, that. Whatever happens with the results of this strike, we will get the protections that we have have fought for and, and deserve. Uh, everyone deserves uh, respect, representation. Uh, we deserve a credit and compensation. And so uh, we'll see what happens. Let's talk to uh, Steve, who's on the line in his car um, from the north side. Hey, Steve, what's on your what's on your mind? Hi, Patty. Listening to your program and uh, your your our uh, five to seven drive at home. Uh, a uh, source of uh, wonderful information, but I wanted to chime in on your conversation. Uh, there's a lot about uh, government and a lot of things that are not being done, but I wanted yes. to share with you what, what is being done. Okay. And uh, a friend of ours, uh, Anastasia Anna, works as a case manager for Catholic Charities. And okay. she is a Venezuelan American. She's assigned families uh, that are intact and are ready for housing. And Anna has to hunt down housing. So just one example is that she found a woman who was selling a house in Calumet City. She called the woman and she talked the woman into renting the house. And the woman took the house off the market. Catholic Charities paid her $15,000 for six months rent. And this uh, family from Venezuela has uh, a house to live in for the six months. And she helps them find work as well. This This was a family of six. A husband, wife, 17-year-old, and 11-year-old, a cousin, and a nephew. And then the grandmother. The grandmother, they went through, uh, in six months, they went through uh, 10 countries to get to the U.S. They spent a one month in the Costa Rican jungle. And mm. they came for the grandma, grandmother's help. When she got to Texas, they put him on an emergency bus to Chicago. And they got, him into, got her to a hospital. She had been suffering from cancer. She she did not make it. She uh, passed oh. away in Chicago. But this family, uh, and they're educated. This is an educated family uh, that were suffering in Venezuela. And um, they uh, she found him a job, and uh, he commutes up to Niles. And now he has work, and they're looking for work for these people. They they want to work. They you know they are they are refugees and immigrants. And it's, so I put the word out. Uh, I found out what Anna was doing. I put the word out to my church. And my church in the south suburbs, the ladies have a, a quilting ministry. And so oh. they make 75 to 100 quilts a year and donate them. So all these women in their 80s 
donated quilts, and I took eight quilts over to the family at their new house in Calumet City. And I just got a list from Anna on a message today that uh, a shopping list of clothing and jackets and scarves and sizes that this family of six needs. So I just wanted to say that if you want to, if you don't know where to help, Catholic mm-hmm. Charities is doing amazing work, and they could always use financial resources. And uh, and then churches on a one by one basis, we can't help the world, but we can help one family at a time. That's fantastic. Do you have uh, so the website? Is uh, CatholicCharities.net. Is that the, do you know if that's the local that will take people to the, oh, here, Catholic Charities? There, I know that they have uh, an office on LaSalle. And, uh, and again, as, uh, as our friend Steve mentioned, uh, the, there are a lot of uh, churches throughout the city. I know the Friendship Church, uh, church over in Chicago, uh, right by 16th District, they're helping out. Uh, and, and there are legislators and electeds that are coordinating with these, uh, church groups and volunteer groups as well. If you look online, you can Google like on on or you can search on Facebook uh, for refugee. Is it, there a lot of folks that worked with the uh, the folks coming from Afghanistan uh, have pivoted, I guess is the way we would say it, or uh, been nimble about helping more people coming in who need support. So search out those groups, whether it's as uh, Steve mentioned, clothing and uh, helping out uh, financially. Uh, everything really makes a difference. Thank you so much for these stories, Steve. It's really appreciated. Uh, how is your how is your friend doing as far as like, I mean, it's a lot of work and it's, it can be emotionally draining too. Yeah. She, uh, Anna has wanted to quit a hundred times over. Uh, and it's, it's the, they're, they're her. The problem is that some of the families have, uh, are broken up. There were, there's, there's issues. There's, uh, a lot of crime going on. Uh, there, uh, people in the neighborhoods in the city, they're preying upon the immigrants who are, uh, just sleeping yeah. out in the street or, and then also too, the gangs are trying to recruit them, the young men uh, as well. Uh, and, and it's, it's very hard to try and vet the criminal element from the people who suffered. And, and it's just, it's a mess, but, but little by little, uh, there are the police and the city and churches and not-for-profits they're just doing their best, rolling their sleeves up, trying to be creative. And um, uh, one of the issues Anna's had is that uh, uh, eight members of her staff, she's a, a supervisor, uh, that uh, were found uh, uh, fired for selling bribes. That they were no. uh, uh, they were working, uh, finding apartment building owners that would accept these six-month rent payments for these families. And they were taking kickbacks, and so they were selling the service to these owners, and then trying to broker their own deals on the side. And, oh my and God. they get they get caught, they get fired, and and uh, Anna is just burning the candle at both ends. But then a a family like uh, this Venezuelan family, Alberto and Enrique and Luis and his wife and children. Uh, these, these are the families that uh, keep everybody going to know that yeah. there's people that that need, you know, and, and politics has nothing to do with it. 
you know, yep. and uh, you just people in need and you roll your sleeves up and, and you help. So uh, I uh, was able to get my church connected and I'm kind of a, a gopher go between between Anna and her job and with uh, my church and trying to get other churches in our denomination involved as well. That's great. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. And please uh, tell your friend that we're great. I, I know that it's, you know, it it's probably falls on uh, exhausted ears to hear people say thank you. Uh, it, it's hard to hear those words uh, because you're just doing your best and don't feel supported. But I wish we could do something. You know, I, I, I want to do this because uh, I'm off on uh, I'm off for the next couple of days. Uh, can I can you hold on the line and uh, share your uh, information with Andy? Because I want to send you a gift card. I, I don't know if your friend will accept it, but like we have some wonderful sponsors with some really uh, great items that might, you know, be a little bit of a little bit of cheer for what was her name again? That social was, worker, uh, uh, Anastasia. Anastasia, and, uh, yeah. and uh, I have her address and information. Um, I'm in the car driving That's okay. home. No, 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 no. Just uh, we'll send, easier, if it's okay, it's if it's okay, we can send it to you. My, yes, yeah. Let's send it to, to you. Give my information. Yep, and yep. I'll make sure she gets it. That would be lovely. So it's uh, basically the least we could do, uh, literally, compared to what she's doing. It's the least, but uh, we'd like to do something. So stand, uh, hang, hang on, and we'll send it. We're, we're giving you one of the First Timer Friday gift cards. Uh, is it your first time calling, Steve? I am a long-time oh. listener. <laughs> hey, this works out perfectly. So you do what you would like with the card, but I, I know that you're going to give it to Anastasia. So, so, I, so hold I, on I work in the North yep. Shore. I work in the North Shore, and I drive 50 miles every day to the south suburbs. So wow. uh, uh, I, I, I ride home with Teddy Vasquez from five to uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. And thank you for sharing that story with us. Please send Anastasia our best and the gift card that we'll send out to you. Thank you. Hold on with Andy and he'll get your info. Please, Andy. Thank you so much. And we have uh, another caller I know, too. Be well, Stephen. And right now we have on the line with us, uh, Charles wants to talk, uh, calling from Evanston. Hey, Charles, what's on your mind? Hi, Penny. Um, a couple of things. Well, um, first thing, I, my wife and I, we sponsored four migrants from Haiti um, a few mm-hmm. months ago, and um, we've been helping them out and finally got them to get their work permits. Now they're starting to work, and um, we were able to find them an apartment. So, I mean, it's a long process. But the thing I would suggest is why, does the, why doesn't the city council come up with a plan that every time one of these buses come into the city that the bus it gets confiscated, the bus cannot leave the city, and then we can use the proceeds to, to help pay for these migrants. I mean, some kind of law can be passed for that. Yeah, so you mean, the city council, somebody from the city can hear that. I mean, it, I think something like that should be done. Well, walk me through this. So the buses that come in hold the buses? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? The bus comes in, and then the bus is going to be held because it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm sure there's some kind of law that's being broken with, with these buses traveling cross-country, cross-states to come here in the city without being announced with, the, with these people like that. And so if they're going to send the buses here, the buses should stay here. And the bus That's could either be used at a warming center, or it could be used as a it could be used as a warming center, or it could be used oh. to sell the buses for the proceeds, or something can be used. But the bus should not be able to leave the city of Chicago. 
That's interesting because I know that it's been the idea has been floated, uh, and I think it, I don't know if it's at the state level or the city level of uh, of fining these bus companies. I, oh, you know what? It was uh, Congressman uh, Jackson was saying that he wanted to to fine these bus companies, and what I was reading is that they make so much money that they're pretty certain that the buses would the bus companies wouldn't mind paying the fines and still take the profit. But the idea of impounding those buses and uh, basically uh, uh, eminent domain the buses sounds interesting to me i don't know if there would be any will exactly. to go up against yeah i think that's, that's an interesting idea my friend that's great mm-hmm. all right well thank you love your show thank you love you have a great night charles thank oh wait charles oh yes. i lost him oh hi there you are no, no, hi, hi. I, you know what's interesting when you started talking about how you have uh, have given uh, shelter to uh, Haitian um, migrants. I was thinking because online you always see these people argue. Well, are you going to put them in your house? Like you're one of the few people that says, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them shelter. I'm gonna provide housing for the." I just want to thank you for yeah, being that these, person. Yeah, these are people who are professionals. You know, they just had a hard time. You know, they really struggled to get here, and they refused to run to work. That's what they want to do. They just want to work. Yeah. Oh. Well, and, and again, that Americans don't want to do. Yeah, they want to survive. They want to prosper. They want to keep their families safe. So I'm going to do the same thing. And I know you're going to be like, oh, I don't really want a gift card or whatever it is you're going to say. I want you to hold on the line so Andy can take your information. It's just a a gesture of gratitude. And I believe it's the first time you've called as well. I'm moving first time Wednesday. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I know. Oh, is it it Tuesday? See, I don't even know what day it is. This works out perfectly. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Charles. Uh, Hang out for Andy, and we're going to send out a gift card from one of our wonderful sponsors sponsors have a great evening charles thank you thank you thank you thank you uh i, I yeah <laughs> my uh, uh uh from my home i have a text coming in saying they should impound uh, i've lost the text uh thank you to my husband i'm texting with my husband while we're on the show this is how we communicate they should impound them and detain the drivers the fed should pull licensing for buses and airlines it's interesting and then there's a story that some tenants were illegally evicted to make room for incoming migrants possibly a revenge uh, for the changeover, this is crazy. Uh, Chicago police uh, opened an arson investigation for fire damages uh, in a fire that uh, has been classified as arson. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. There's a see the, uh, there. There's a lot going on here, not just beneath the surface, but uh, just there's a rage that is uh, spreading. And somebody mentioned. Um, oh, there's a text. I think it was Mary. Mary just texted me about making those decisions. Um, those decisions as far as where migrants, asylum seekers, uh, the folks that are coming in, into our, our communities being bused here by Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis, uh, mostly Governor Abbott, uh, that started under the administration of Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and I know like now people are spreading tweets about uh, seeing her at a bar and people coming up to her and saying that they miss her. And she says, you know, you wouldn't imagine how many people are saying that. I, There has to be a better way, folks. And uh, unless there's something we're missing, um, I I can't imagine that this is the best we can do. Let's take a break here. Oh, coming up after this break, I'm very uh, honored to have this conversation with our upcoming guests. We're going to talk about uh, Cancer Screen Week, but we're also going to talk to a cancer survivor who's an artist uh, who tells amazing stories. uh, And and they they were featured in a panel at the Comic-Con here in Los Angeles. We're going to talk to Marissa, uh, Marissa, who is... Is a breast cancer survivor and breast 
best-selling comic writer and Dr. Christina Enzinata, who is uh, the vice senior vice president of extramural discovery science at the American Cancer Society. So more after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. There's so much that goes on behind closed doors. On WCPT 820. I am very excited to bring on our next guest. I'm honored to bring them on. We're Joining us right now is Marissa Agacello, who is a breast cancer survivor and best-selling comic writer. And we have Dr. Christina Anunziata, who's a senior vice president of extramural discovery science at the American Cancer Society. And this week is Cancer Screen Week. Uh, first of all, let me say hello. Marissa, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be talking with you. I'm doing really I, great. I, Thanks. I am thrilled to have you. We also have uh, Dr. Christina Anunziata. I hope I'm saying both your names correctly. How are you doing, Doc? Very good. Yes, you pronounced it perfectly. And thanks so much uh, for highlighting this important, uh, this important endeavor. Absolutely. Now, I know that you had a panel at the uh, at the the Comic-Con in Los Angeles, The Art of Hope, Cancer and Comics on and off the page, which uh, brings a mix of creatives in the comic industry who are cancer survivors. So, Marisa, let me ask you first, how did this uh, this wonderful collaboration come into existence? Well, um, I was contacted by the wonderful women at um, Genentech, and they wanted to put this together and uh, we thought it was just a great idea. So um, they contacted me and they said, would you want to do a panel at Comic-Con? And I've spoken at Comic-Con before about cancer vixens. So I just think it's so important to get the word out and I'll do everything and anything I can to help spread the word about screening, about early detection, because when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, I didn't have health insurance. And I was really, I know, and I was really, really lucky that I detected the tumor early. And uh, I was friends with the great Evelyn Lauder, who created the pink ribbon. And she, her, yeah, I was really dear friends with her. And her message was early detection saves lives. And she was right then and she's right now. So, and and yes. I, I, I'll i talk from here until tomorrow, until the next life and the life after that, <laughs> about how important it is to make sure you catch it early. Oh, no, no doubt about that. And and I, I know mm-hmm. the doctor has similar uh, sentiments about that. And before we get to a lot of the uh, cancer screening conversation and uh, and how we should approach our own advocacy, uh, doctor, I want to ask you first, was this how have you been at a Comic-Con and been on a panel like this? Because it sounds like a, a new venture and, and a, just an interesting journey. Yeah, absolutely. No, I have not been to Comic-Con before, oh. but I have to say my children are very into the whole 
uh, comic universe. So, so I am aware of it. I knew what it was, but I had not certainly attended a comic con before. Um, but certainly a wonderful opportunity and and a really engaged audience. I mean, uh, t- to be honest, it's really the right uh, the right audience to be talking about cancer screening. Oh, I agree. I, and Marisa, I, I, you know, my experience at Comic Cons has always been, uh, it is really a, a community of people who want to express themselves where they are. Whether it's, uh, you know, this, I, I've, my, I used to get picked on for being a bit of a nerd, or, uh, you know, I'm a gamer and I only connect with people online, or a disability. We've gone to Comic Con since my boys were little, and my my younger son has uh, significant intellectual and physical disabilities. And I have to tell you, it's a place where we feel so much joy. So tell me what this has been like, you know, as a comic writer, as someone who part- is, is a part of this community and, and then bringing this conversation to an event like like Comic-Con. What, what has that been like for you? Well, I mean, to be honest, um, my book, Cancer Vixen, came out in 2006. So uh, oh. I first I first talked about Cancer Vixen and it's I didn't want to see myself as a victim. I wanted to see myself as a Vixen and, you know, Vixen yes. who is empowered and kick cancer's bony, you know, but I don't know how much <laughs> I could say, but yeah. So, so yeah, so I envisioned myself as, you know, kicking cancer's bony butt. And then I said, I'm going to do it in killer five inch heels. And um, so even back then, when I spoke about it, it was, I, there was a, a big audience for it because people hunger for, even though this is comic books and a lot of it, is fiction. People hunger for real stories and they hunger for stories of people overcoming whatever adversity they're faced with. So I think that story is always going to be a universal story. And when it's based in reality, I think people really respond to it with whatever someone is going through. So, and I'm really grateful that, you know, we were able to speak during Cancer Screen Week, led by, which is led by the American Cancer Society, along with Genentech Optum and Stand Up to Cancer. I think all those organizations are really, really doing such great work, and I'm really happy to be talking on behalf of Cancer Screen Week, because I know how important it is to catch cancer early. Like I said, I, I had I had breast cancer stage one, and I also had melanoma. There's a link between melanoma and breast cancer, and I've had uh-huh. melanoma twice. So I'm a three-time cancer survivor, so I'm, I really was. I welcome the opportunity to speak about this. What that's, that's outstanding, and uh, and and uh, doctor, what what do you um you know what do you see as that connection between storytelling, uh you know because there is like this we're afraid to say the word and and yet we all know someone in our lives who we love or work with or our neighbors that uh, are diagnosed with cancer and, and there's a lot of uh you, you know just people shut down sometimes. What do you see as that connective tissue with uh, creativity and uh, and approaching this diagnosis? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of related avenues, actually. uh, The creativity is one of them. If people are creative, um, just like Marisa, to be able to put that story into words and or pictures is Mm -hmm. something that can be healing uh, for the person going through it. And also for people reading, you know, uh, reading the uh, the, experiencing the comic or the, uh, the creative outlet. 
Um, I think it also, uh, you know, brings in the whole idea of courage and facing uh, facing hardship, um, bringing in heroes to uh, into the story. So, uh, so there's a lot of that about going through any sort of difficult diagnosis, whether it's cancer um, or another illness. That whole idea of bravery, courage, and sort of getting through, um, getting through it with with your uh, with your people, with your family, with your doctors, um, is a really important message. Incredible. I also want to add. Yes, I, I think what Dr. Nunziata said is really right on. And I also want to add that um, whenever somebody is going through something really, really difficult, I think it really helps to put it on the page and take it off your body. Keep it off your body for that reason. I never use the word my in front of cancer. I never wanted to own it. I never wanted to put it on me. I never wanted to be part of my body. I wanted to keep it off me. And I realized now that what I did was called objective journaling, and I recommend that to anybody going through any kind of difficult situation. You'll you'll feel so much better having an outlet and putting it on paper and just talking about it as as opposed to internalizing and externalizing whatever it is you're going through. It could be really, really healing. And who knows, you know, it could be a book or a movie or a coloring book or a play or, or whatever. But I just think when you're going through something, it's really, really, I highly recommend that no matter what I, it is. I agree completely, uh, and not to get into my own stories, but I, I, there was a point where I need, I had, because you keep telling the story over and over in, in your head, so it mm-hmm. makes it more intense and, and distorts your own reality sometimes. And so that actually leads me to my next question. Tell us about your, uh, you know, how you started as a comic book writer. Were you, you know, were you dawdling as a kid? Were you, you know, cause I'm a stand up comic and people always ask me, was I the class clown? And I was not. I was the class comic and it's different. And that's another conversation. What? Uh, when right. did you start this? When did you start this uh, this artistic artistic adventure? Well, it's kind of funny because um, it actually started in the womb. Believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> not that I was actually drawing in the womb, but my mom, when she was pregnant with me, she got a phone call from Jackie Kennedy, who was pregnant with John John, and. She wanted my mother to design her shoe for a very, she said, special occasion because Jackie had a size 11 shoe and my mother had a size 11 shoe also. My mother was a head designer for I. Miller and my mother said, well, I'm a size 11, we could commiserate. So my mom designed Jackie Kennedy's inaugural shoe for JFK's inauguration and from that, after she gave birth to me, she would do these drawings of women wearing her beautiful, fabulous shoes, and I would basically just imitate my mother. So that's how I started drawing, and then I got really bored with the women because they didn't have something to say. So we took one vacation, which really which wasn't uh, the New Jersey shore, which is where I grew up in New Jersey, and we went to Bermuda, and we wound up in this pink elephant of a house with drawings on them that had captions, and I thought to myself, wow, the women that I've been drawing could talk, and it was actually James Thurber's house, the famous New Yorker what? cartoonist. Yeah, so <laughs> we're big fans. Kinda, like, yeah, really, I love James Thurber. Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, un- what yeah. a remarkable origin story. Of course, now I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm trying desperately to, to Google Jackie O's inauguration shoes. <laughs> what an incredible, what an incredible story. And, and really, uh, and what an, a tribute to your, your mother as an artist to, uh, to embrace that and find your own, uh, ver- you know, way to put yourself out there and share the human experience. It's, it's incredible. And, and, uh, and, and doctor, I want to ask you the same question. What drew you to, to, to be a, to to be in the medical profession. I mean, this is a—it's a lot of work. It's a long years of studying, and uh, and believe me, we're grateful. What what led you to to become a doctor? Well, to become a doctor uh, uh, in general, actually, I was always driven by uh, the ability to do research. So I was a cancer researcher at the National Cancer Institute for 21 years before joining the American Cancer Society. So my draw was that. Um, I really felt like I, I wanted to use my science to be able to have the greatest impact in helping people. Um, so I became actually a med- an oncologist, a cancer doctor, because I thought that's where I could have the greatest impact um, in both the research and finding new ways to treat people, new ways to help people, um, and also in the clinic with actually uh, seeing the patients and treating the patients. So really, I was driven by, you know, how can I make the most impact with uh, with my knowledge and with my uh, discoveries? I like how you're like, and, and just this, and, and, and now I do the work. <laughs> you're very... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, and and this is what I do. I mean, because it can be. Look, you know, I have. Um, and let's let's get to the ab- the self advocacy uh, part of this because, as I mentioned, we all are affected by cancer. We all are, every single person. And you know, my father had small cell lung cancer. My mother is a survivor of oh. breast cancer and stomach cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, it, it, and look, it is. You know, this is my this is our world. Uh, so, Marisa, in your, you know, you mentioned uh, melanoma. Mal- Melanoma and uh, and and the, the connectivity between that. You know, what can you tell us about you know people who need because we often put off those appointments. We think, well, you know, I'm feeling fine, or I don't need to know. I mean, those are literally the, the excuses people have, or it's too painful. I don't like the machine. Um, it's it makes me un- self conscious. What do you say to folks about catching cancer early? Well, you know, it's really. Early detection saves lives, and yep. in, the more you procrastinate, the more you put your life in jeopardy. I think that's really a fact. So, um, I I can't. I just think the most important thing in the world is screening, getting screened, and catching cancer early. That's going to be the difference between life and death. And I also think, you know, Doctor Annunziata, maybe you want to. Talk a little yep. bit about that too, because yeah. So, Doctor Nunziata, yeah. I I I, uh, I do stand up comedy as well, and one of the things, and, and like it's a bit I do I will do for as long as people will let me uh, talk about on stage. I talk about how uncomfortable I am in the stirrups, and this isn't you know the, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's just a fact of life that this is the exam we've had since 1927. Um, it, it, it's not a matter of like you know have you know just a. Uh, uh, just get through it. It is, it's valuable. It can save. And I've had women write to me and tell me 
that they hadn't had a pap smear in 12 years. But when they saw me on stage and realized that other women are feeling the same way, they finally made an appointment. And when they were in the stirrups, they thought of me. And I don't think that's embarrassing. I love that. I, whatever it takes to make sure we are uh, – because women often don't go for screenings because they're too busy. I'm taking care of everybody. But we can't take care of the people in our lives if we're not taking care of ourselves, can we? Wow, Absolutely. So I well mean, that, that is so that is so well put. And like Marissa said, I can't emphasize enough: cancer screening can save lives. We American Cancer Society has uh, published several guidelines on the uh, the uh, recommended sequences and timing for cancer screening. It's on cancerscreenweek.org. It's also on our American Cancer Society website on cancer.org. So they're very easy to find. We also have a hotline that people can call and talk to a person directly if they have questions. But, uh, you know, specifically, there are uh, there are tests that can be done. Like you said, one of them is the pap smear. That is a simple um, office procedure that if the if, you know, if abnormal cells are found, they can do a, they can take care of the treatment before it even becomes cancer. And that's really uh, the goal is to prevent people from even getting cancer uh, or finding it in very early stages where it's much, much more treatable than if it's found at a later stage. Um, so, yeah, the motivation should be not only for yourself, but also for your family. Um, your family is is also affected by whether you get cancer, right? If you have yeah. cancer and you're going through a treatment that affects not only you, but affects your family. And of course you, you, you could do it. You, like I said, you could do it for yourself, but you could also do it for your family. I, I agree. Although I wouldn't mind if there were like a, I need a ballet bar, like a Pilates bar or something in the waiting room so I can do some stretches. Because when they say scooch, I, I'm not, I'm not that limber. I just am not. <laughs> uh, and that's, and yeah. look, that's, that's always been my, Marisa, you know, through art, you know, we find ways to try to make those hard uh, elements. I try to make those hard things uh, sort of consumable, I, I guess is the only way to put it. And you have taken, you know, what you've learned to create uh, the Marisa Acostello Empowerment Program. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about these holistic therapies and journaling classes. Oh, so... Um, yes, I did fund at uh, Mount Sinai, the Marie Sacachella Empowerment Fund, uh, where I wanted to have, just like I said, you know, objective journaling, have women mm-hmm. journal and write, keep the cancer off them and put it on the page. And they actually sent me a book, which was really great about all their different experiences. And they put it into a book and it was really beautiful. And um they were doing Qigong and uh, Reiki and various other therapies at Mount Sinai. So I did, and early on I was funding mammograms as well. So I mean, it was it was really a gratifying experience being able to give back to the community. And, and I'm um, sure. I'm so grateful that, that you that you have you know because it's it, you know it's one thing to, to get through something or be in the middle of it, um, and it's another thing to take that and go you know what I also I'm in a space where I can help other people. It's remarkable, it really is. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Well, you know what the thing is, I was so grateful that I didn't have health insurance, and then I was able to get it through my husband. But I'm now divorced. But <laughs> it was at that moment, point in time, it was 
I was really frightened and I was really grateful to be able to have health insurance and to be able to pay for the different therapies. You know, I'll tell you this. When I was first diagnosed, I was terrified and I was actually thinking of putting off treatment and my doctors they were at St. Vincent's, which is now Mount Sinai, were adamant that I get treated. And they were, they said, we'll find a way to make sure you're okay. And mm-hmm. they, they were, so I was really grateful. And I just want to give a shout out to all the good doctors out there, especially the one on this call, because <laughs> when you hear, when you hear her doctor saying she just wants to help people, I mean, that is worth everything. I've gotten to know Dr. Annunziata, and she's really one in a million. So, you know, I know. Thank it's you really, so much. Yeah, it's really important to have the right team behind you and with you and find your right doctors. So there's, there's so many elements to the journey that I've learned. And, you know, it's also about asking questions and you know, doing doing things that after, even afterwards that'll prevent cancer, like not eating sugar because sugar feeds cancer and moving your body and getting exercise and having a be, have, living your best life and cutting out all things that are toxic, including like people who are not good yes. for you. And, yes. You know, just like <laughs> living your best life. So I would have, I'd have rather have a glass... Is it okay, Doctor Nunziato, to Nunziata to uh, choose a glass of wine over ta- toxic people? I'm just, <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's important. Mental health is certainly important in uh, in the cancer journey and in in your you know in your whole life. So uh, yeah, uh, mental health is important. I uh, I know that uh, so we are we are focusing on uh, these extraordinary guests, uh, Marisa Acachello. Am I saying Acachella? And uh, Christina, Doctor Christina. Yeah. Coachella and Dr. Christina Annunziata. Uh, Dr. Annunziata, you know what? I know that there's a, there are websites for people to go for uh, Cancer Screen Week. Uh, the American, uh, what is it? The CancerScreenWeek.org, folks. Go to CancerScreenWeek.org. And I also, before I, I ask my next, next question, I want to let folks know in the Chicagoland area, specifically for uh, breast cancer, a SilverLiningFoundation.org is a great resource funding cost-free breast health testing. So please, uh, for folks who don't know where to turn, and if you're under underinsured or uninsured, go to a silverliningfoundation.org. Um, what are some of the the things that uh, you know? There obviously there there are there's criteria for how often you should have uh, you know colon cancer screening, um, you know a Pap smear, those kinds of things. What how do people prioritize that? Right? Because we all we have busy lives, and we're like I you know I, I can't I don't have time for this or it's uncomfortable. What's the, the easiest way to get somebody into the doctor's office? in your experience? Um, so I would say that uh, uh, the um, it, it's really good to hold each other accountable. Ooh, so yes. either your parent or, you know, your child to the parent, the parent to the child, sisters, aunts, um, you know, uh, cousins can, uh, can hold each other accountable. So, I mean, really, you don't want to see your loved one going undergoing cancer treatment if you can avoid that so i would say uh you know holding family members friends accountable go at the same time you know make the appointment together even if you're across the country you could be uh seeing the doctor on the same day Uh, i think that's pretty motivating 
Outstanding. Now, I'm going to ask you, uh, we're, we're, we're very close to the end here. Is there, uh, I'll start with you, Marisa. Was there one thing you knew you wanted to say? And if we hung up, you'd be like, oh, you know what I forgot to mention? Is there anything you want to, I don't want to leave anything on the table. What would you want to share with folks? Um, I think I'd want to say that you have more power than you think you know, than you think you do. And you're not a victim. You're a vixen. And we all have the power. We have the power within us to kick anything and beat anything. We are way more powerful than we know. And everyone is a hero in their own story. Remarkable. Thank you. And Dr. Annunziata, would you like to share anything? Yes, I'd like to emphasize the ages to get screening. I mean, people think sometimes we shouldn't get screened till your 50s, but uh, it's actually in your 40s for most cancers to start screening. And even earlier, if there is any other, uh, you know, if there's a family history and, uh, uh, and and certain other cancers should be screened earlier than um, than 40 years old or than 45. So I would say don't wait until your 50s. Talk to your doctor uh, in your 40s or earlier if you have a strong family history or any symptoms, you know, that you're concerned about. Excellent. And I do think that one of the solutions to women's health is is, uh, to test for testicular cancer the same way we do mammograms. I want to thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just saying yep because men are so empowered politically and financially that's just where I'm coming from ladies thank you both so much for joining us again it's a can it's cancerscreenweek.org for more information have a, I look forward to talking to you both again don't hesitate to reach out I know we, we have connections uh, through your PR so uh, have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, thank you again for your saving thank, lives every so single day thanks thank so you. much for putting the word out thank you Abs- absolutely have a great night and uh, th- Mike Creed's up next uh, to see y'all tomorrow.